Welcome to School Stories, presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Tonight, we have a look back on some of our favorite training camp memories with Hall of Famers Warren Moon and John Randall. And it's a thrill to be reunited. Mark Rosen here along with Pete Bursich, my longtime Sports Sunday partner on Channel 4 for many a year. Pete, it's great to be working with you all season long here on School Stories. It is. I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. We have some great things for you tonight. I'm just so glad to have football this year despite how different everything's going to be, but I'm so looking forward to the kickoff this week. 60 years for the Minnesota Vikings. <laughs> uh, we have all spent uh, seemingly a lot of those years in Mankato. We talk about training camp memories, Pete. I have a bunch uh, starting out as a young reporter from Bud Grant explaining to me how a monarch butterfly during the middle of a practice in Mankato was going to make its way from Mankato all the way to Mexico, and only Bud could tell that story, uh, to Keith Millard crashing into the Hardys on his way back from curfew, <laughs> Les Steckel's Ironman contest in 1984, of course, Randy Moss and Reggie McCombs showing up in 1998 to the tragedy that involved Corey Stringer in 2001, uh, to uh, 2009, Brad Childers saying Brett Favre's in a rearview mirror, only to sign a couple weeks later. I'm sure you have a ton yeah. of memories when it comes to training camp. Yeah, I do, and and uh, it's amazing. My first year in 1994, I spent over, we spent, I think, 33 days down in Mankato at five <laughs> preseason games. We uh, flew down the day of the first preseason game against the Dallas Cowboys. We also went to Tokyo that year. Right. So the camp has changed uh, you know, so much in Mankato. I think adding it all up, I've spent over a year of my life down there in Gage Hall in Mankato. Um, it's a great town. Love the town. It's just uh, when you're there for camp, it is, uh, it's a unique experience. It's a necessary evil. And these guys all have different memories, and it's fun to – Listen to other teammates and other guys that have played uh, about what their mentality is. What right. do they bring? How, you know, how mentally, how did you prepare yourself? And so, those are just a few of the things that we covered with some of our teammates. Yeah, it's such a weird experience to think about grown men being locked away in college dorm rooms for that period of time with curfews. And you know, it's it's like you're you know 18, 19 years old, or maybe 17 years old. You know, living with your parents still, and you can't go out after dark. But we know that people did go out after dark many times, and have a lot of stories to tell about that. Well, Mark, there there's a reason there were curfews and such and security guards in place it's because they <laughs> needed to be now we may have been adults by age but i, I don't know yeah i don't know if uh, we conducted ourselves that way all the time i mean it was definitely work hard play hard and the few moments that you had of free time down in mankato you definitely wanted to take advantage of it you just needed to get away you just needed to get your mind off of the constant grind that is uh, that is training camp i'm surprised someone hasn't written a book maybe it's with anonymous sources about some of the stuff that's gone on in Mankato in particular all those years. But you had a chance to sit down with a couple of your former teammates. So why don't you kind of tell us about that conversation? Well, we had two Hall of Famers uh, together, John Randall and Warren Moon. And you talk about two guys who were completely polar opposites when it came to camp. I mean, Warren Moon was in his late 30s. He was a father. He was established. He had played, I don't know how many games, been in the CFL and the NFL well, well established players. So he looked at camp like, hey, I'm going to make this experience as comfortable as possible, mm -hmm. bringing his own bed, all the as many creature comforts from home that he possibly could. And then you have on the flip side, John Randall, who I think we're all pretty familiar with his story. He wanted to keep things as Spartan as they could possibly be. Hmm. He did not want a single creature comfort, he didn't want anything around him 
to make him, like he says, relax or take a step back or take a breath. He wanted camp to be that kind of an experience. And uh, when you watch these guys play, Warren Moon, he was smooth as silk, never too high, never too low. John Randall, always angry. And now we know why. It's my honor to interview two teammates today, both of which have made it into the National Football League Hall of Fame. I've got with me Warren Moon and John Randall. And Warren Moon, we're all about training camp right now. You spent some time in Canada. You spent nearly 10 years down with the Houston Oilers. What was it like for you in 1994 when you came to Mankato, Minnesota for your first training camp with the Minnesota Vikings? You know, Pete, I, I went through 23 training camps. Oh, my God. <laughs> in, in, in two countries. So uh, I have a lot of experience in training camps. And uh, by the end of it, you can imagine how I felt about training camp when it got down to those last <laughs> <laughs> you know, four or five years of me playing the game. And, and when I came to, to, to Mankato, uh, it was just another college dorm that I was just didn't want to have to enter because that's what training camp usually meant. You were going to some small college somewhere in some state and uh, you were going to be in some college dorm room with some little college dorm beds and you were going to eat college dorm food and you were going to go to the college dorm bathroom and <laughs> at, my, at my age you know I was like when I came to Minnesota I was 36 37 years old so I had four kids at that time I mean I was a grown man and now all of a sudden I got to go sleep in a college dorm at, th at 37 years old it's just not something that I was I was happy about it. So what I tried to do, Pete, I tried to make my room the most comfortable first-class penthouse suite that I could possibly make it because that's where you're going to spend the majority of your time when you're not practicing or in a meeting. You want to make sure you uh, your room is cool. You want to make sure you have a refrigerator. I had everything in my room. I rented a bed. I rented a queen-size bed. I didn't have those little dorm rooms. I had a bed brought in for me. So I made my room as close to a hotel room as I could possibly make it because that's where I spent the majority of my time when I wasn't playing football. <laughs> I mean, what was that like when you, were, you show up, you're 35, 34 years old, and like, 36, I'm 27 years old. Yeah, and I'm and I figure my first camp, I'm 22, 23. What's it like having to deal with really still kids, aren't they? Like you, you were fresh out of college, so dorm rooms probably weren't that big a change for you or, or some of the other guys. Right. Maybe you had lived in an apartment your last couple of years in, in college or something like that, but still, you knew what the dorm life was about. I had been living the Pretty first-class life at that time. I've been a highest-paid player in the NFL two times during that time. And when you go to training camp, it is just a humbling experience that uh, that's what it's all about. You're going there to buckle down. You're going down there to, to get serious about getting ready for the season. It, it's not going to be nice. It's not going to be comfortable. But I tried to make it as comfortable as I possibly could, like I said, for the time that I was going to be there. These young guys have no idea what we went through during training camp, where we had two-a-days, sometimes three-a-days. You know, guys were in pad, padded practices twice a day sometimes. So these guys have no idea what, what the old school guys went through during those days. And, and training camp was about making you not only physically ready for the season, but also mentally ready for the season. Because to endure through those two-a-days and those – 
uh, it, it got you mentally tough and it got your body kind of callous to get ready for the season. Not so much for the quarterbacks, but definitely for a guy like Johnny Randall you know, with, with hitting guys and, and, and getting themselves ready for the physicality that they were going to face during the season. Now, Johnny, what possible mentality did you use or bring with you down to training camp? to make sure that you were as good as and as ready as you could be going into the season. Training camp was like a day growing up in Texas with the hot weather, you in these small beds, you were uncomfortable. Because for me, for, for a defensive lineman, training camp is so different from Warren Moon. The quarterbacks are, no one's touching them. And so for the defensive lineman, I can remember my first year coming to training camp where there were guys who would come from the practice field with their pants on and go to the cafeteria at Gage Hall to eat. And they would go to their room with their training camp pants on. And I'm like, ask you guys why, why you're doing that. And they were like, hey, I don't want to lose my mentality coming from the field to go to lunch. So for me, I wanted to be the guy who just set the tempo. I wanted to go into it saying, hey, you know what? I'm going to be ready. Because for a different lineman in training camp, like Warren was saying, you want to build up the calluses. You want to be out there in front. You want to. Ex- I wanted to experience everything head on first. I want to be the first guy to get that hit because training camp is not comfortable. But what it, it's training camp is like Groundhog Day. You know, you're going right. to do it over and over again. And so I always made myself be uncomfortable. I had the small beds. I didn't get a didn't have an AC. I had a small little clip-on fan that I connected next next to my bed to get a little nice little breeze because I didn't want to get comfortable because you get comfortable, then you kind of got relaxed. So because in the season, you're going to be already banged up. So I, got, I wanted to get banged up in training camp so that when the season came along, it was a lot easier than training camp. I remember guys having refrigerators, all these nice luxuries. My biggest luxury was flip-flops because for me, Gage Hall, when you walk in that bathroom, I saw things like, I, I'm still starfire. <laughs> you know, you walk in there and, and, and you going through the stalls because there's only one roll of toilet paper for those eight stalls. Oh. And so I got, so yeah, you know, yeah. So I got to the point where I had my own toilet paper roll in my room. <laughs> I did that. So flip-flops, man. And you walk on that floor, it was wet. You know it. Yeah. The floor was wet. Some guys uh, didn't realize how to flush a, a toilet. So for me, flip-flop was essential. Now, for clothes, I wore the same clothes kind of for about two to three days because all you were doing is getting up, going over to the practice field, changing clothes, practicing, mm-hmm. showering, and putting no clothes back on, going to lunch, then going to your room to, to take a nap. So for me – I kind of kept it simple. I was totally opposite of Warren Moon. Not having a big bed, having a small bed, and uh, I always kept my door closed. You were, because you were, just, some guy you were just cheap, Johnny. You didn't want to take <laughs> a bed. That's the reason why you didn't have a bed. You wasn't making a lot of money at the time I got there. No. That's probably why you didn't want the big bed. If you could have afforded one, you'd have had one. <laughs> no. Hey, for a defensive guy, you think about it. You get, that, you get in that nice, comfortable bed, I didn't. you, you wouldn't want to get up. You want to just sleep. And for me, I didn't want to be comfortable. I wanted to be ready because, like I was saying, it was Groundhog Day over and over again. So far, we've heard some great stuff from Warren Moon and John Randall. We'll be back in a moment with more Skull Stories right after this.
And welcome back to Skull Stories presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings. Want an inside look into U.S. Bank Stadium on game day? Tune into Vikings pregame all access for an exclusive live stream pregame show providing behind-the-scenes content prior to all Vikings home games. Vikings pregame all access airs at 11 a.m. on Vikings.com, the Vikings app, Vikings Connected TV, and social media platforms. So let's get back to some more great training camp memories with Johnny Randall and Warren Boone. Warren, with training camp, being a quarterback, we you know we you hear a couple themes all the time. One is the defense is usually ahead of the offense, and the offense has to build the, the chemistry. But tell me about the quarterbacks and the wide receivers, and is that going to be a challenge, you think, this year for offenses when this season starts? Yeah, you know, for me coming in uh, from Houston, that was really the first time. Well, I got a chance to come in for a couple of mini camps before training camp. So I, I started to create some type of chemistry with our with our receivers during that time. Um, but definitely training camp is a time where you really get a chance to, to get a lot of reps with your with the all your wide receivers. And even though we're not hitting, you know, Johnny said it's a little bit easier for us. The hard part for us as quarterbacks is we're throwing a ton of balls every day. You got you got those wide receiver lines with probably 12 guys on each side running routes. And it's only maybe two or three quarterbacks where one quarterback might be down with the running game and the rest of them are just throwing route after route after route. So your arm can really get burned out really quickly. But that's where you start to create that chemistry, too, uh, with, with your uh, with your wide receivers. And, and that's why I think I was able to have such great success with uh, Chris Carter in my first year there where he caught 122 passes that first year and set up a new single season record is because we, we got off to a really good start in minicamp and then also we carried that over into training camp. So what, how do you build that chemistry? Is that a verbal thing where he it's says, if I, I do this, it's I see all, this? It's physical on the field. It's verbal on the field, talking about certain uh, ways you're going to run a route against certain coverages. And then it, it's in the film room as well. When we uh, watch tape of our practices every day after practice and at night, uh, we're, we're talking all the time about, you know, what do you like to do here? Uh, why did you do this here? And it's the communication that's going to make that uh, that chemistry come as fast as possible. So we we had good chemistry because you know how Chris is. Chris likes to talk. No, and he <laughs> wants the no, yeah, no, really, and, and he, no. he wants the yeah. football, and he's going to tell you every route that he's open on, and he'll tell you even the routes he's not open on. <laughs> throw the ball anyway, and I'll make the catch. So that's the type of receiver you like to have. <laughs> I was just going to ask you that you want that's kind of that's kind of what you want from that group, Johnny. The thing that talking about camp, the thing you mentioned was not letting yourself get comfortable. Well, one thing is for sure is you made everybody around you uncomfortable as well. Offense, even some guys on defense. Is there anybody on the offense that gave you pause, so to speak, or a guy that you look forward to going up against? Because we had we did have Randall McDaniel on. And your name came yes. up, and that was always that was always an epic battle. For me, Randall was so unique. First of all, Randall, he, one of his unique things was his stance was one you couldn't tell if he was if he was pulling or if he was just pass blocking. But he also had a, a thing where he, to me, he reminded me of a like a scorpion, and I hate scorpions. And so <laughs> going against Randall was like I'm going against a scorpion. And his hand was all back, and going against him in practice, dude, it was. Very, very difficult. And, uh, and I used to just 
say to myself, if I can beat Randall at least one time out of 20, then I'm having a pretty good camp. And uh, I can remember my first time going against Randall. Paul Wiggins was my defensive line coach. And Paul Wiggins comes over to me, and I got my head down. He goes, you can't beat Randall McDaniel. He goes, I don't think you're, you're doing anything. And, and I go, well, can I try against one of the other guys? And I go against one of the other guys. I think it was like Tim Irwin. And I just flipped Tim, Tim Irwin over, flipped him over the side, flipped another guy. And Paul Wiggins comes back to me and goes, keep going against Randall. He basically said, Keep getting beat up against random McDaniel. <laughs> keep going against him. I'm like, okay. But I hated going against Randall. But at the same time, it made me a better player because I would try things against Randall. And I'm like, if I worked just a little bit, I knew I had a better shot in the game against other guys because there was nobody as quick as random McDaniel. He ran a 4 5 40. Yeah. He was like 260, 265. And the guy came to practice every day, ready to go. It was just an honor to have somebody that great on the other side of the ball that prepared me every week to play in the games. Uh, I know one thing's for sure. Those guys, a lot of times, those those big-time guys get in there for a play and then stand out. But you guys were always in there working against each other. For you, Warren, in, that, in the same line, in all your years of training camp, was – was there a coach or a drill that you did that made you a much better quarterback? Uh, there wasn't one particular drill, no. I, I think all the different routes that you uh, that you go against, you know, the more you do those routes, the better you're going to get at them and, and the better you um, start to learn the receiver's body language because everybody runs routes differently. Everybody's a little bit different in size as far as the way they come out with their stride or they might be taller or shorter. So depending on, you know, who the player is, you had to get used to who that guy was. And me coming in from Houston, having been with those same guys for a number of years, I had to learn very quickly the, the new set of receivers that I had. And uh, that was the main thing I wanted to do is try and learn all those guys' body language, uh, when, when I think they're going to come out of a route, because I love to be able to anticipate and get the ball out of my hands as a guy, before a guy comes out of his route. So knowing when he's going to make that break is very, very important for anticipating and getting the ball in those windows that you want to get the ball into. The more reps you have in doing that, the better you're going to get at knowing those guys. Even though you know every guy in those lines aren't going to be there, you kind of knew who the guys were that were going to make the team given one or two guys. So those are the guys you really focused on the most as opposed to some of the other guys that you didn't think were going to have a chance to make the team. Were you able to develop that in practice, or did you have to have preseason games? I mean, I remember back in the day, you guys would play. I mean, starters would actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. Would actually yeah. play in these preseason games. Am I? So is, is that was that a difference? Um, I looked forward to playing because I felt like I needed that time, especially coming to a new team, to get used to playing with guys because you, you, the speed of the game is much different on a game day as it is in practice. Even though guys feel like they're going full speed in practice most of the time, and that's what I loved about Chris Carter, that he gave you that good picture every week uh, in practice that he was going to give you in the game. But there were a lot of other guys that didn't give you that, but then they got in the games and it ran a little bit faster. Everything <laughs> sped up a little bit more. So in the, you, you really needed to get inside of a game to really see what a guy was like in a game-type situation. So the more you could play in preseason, for me, the better I was going to be prepared for the regular season. Johnny, great seeing you as always, man. Uh, I had great respect for that guy when I came into the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, he turned into one of the best defensive linemen to ever play the game by the time uh, I left there and then, you know, years afterwards. So uh, 
just really proud of the progress he made during the time I was there and, and the progress he made after I left. Thank you, Juan. Me growing up in Texas, Warren Moon was uh, one of my heroes. To all of a sudden get the chance to play with Warren, man, it was uh, a kid's dream. And and uh, and to know him and, and have him be a dear friend, I'm, I feel as though one of the luckiest guys in the world. It was such a pleasure to see him go from that Houston Oiler to being a Minnesota Vikings. I, I remember when he first got there, I called my friends back home and go, I'm playing with Warren Moon. <laughs> exactly. Right. Warren Moon. I mean, you know, the number one Warren Moon. And so, man, what a pleasure, pleasure and what an honor. Can I tell you one more thing about Johnny when I first met him? Because he was a little annoying to me when I first met him. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, you know how you have practice and then you have walkthrough, right? Well, in walkthrough, we were in shorts and, and everything was walking. Like, we're just walking through our offensive plays and the defense is going to give us a look and then vice versa for the defense for the offense. You know, I would drop back to pass on a play in a walkthrough, and here comes Johnny doing a swim move on the offensive guard, and then he come, comes by and, and taps me on the shoulder and says, sack, sack. Like, like he's getting sacks in walkthrough. I'm like, what is wrong with this dude? Is that all he thinks about all the time is freaking sacks? So he annoyed me at first, but then I got, a, I got a chance to get to know that that's the way Johnny was. He was always thinking about getting to the quarterback, no matter if it was a walkthrough, no matter if it was a, a live drill, or no matter if it was a, a Saturday or whatever it was, Johnny was thinking about getting to the quarterback. So I learned that over the period of time. But when I first got there, that was the most annoying thing to me that he was he would come by me and, and tap me on the shoulder and say, Sack! Like, somebody in a walkthrough. Sorry about that, Warren. I'm just sorry. All right, guys. Thank you very much for your time. I appreciate you sharing these training camp memories. And can hope to see both of you guys during the season. Warren, when we go out to Seattle. And uh, Johnny, I'm sure you're going to be around quite a bit. Well, Pete, those are some unbelievable stories. I'm not sure today's players can ever duplicate what you experienced both as a player and as assistant coach with the Minnesota Vikings with those guys. You're thankful that they don't have to experience it, but then again, you're angry that they don't have to experience it. I mean, <laughs> when you hear someone like Warren Moon talk about how Johnny sacked him one time in a walkthrough, Crazy. but then you realize after you're around that man for long enough that he only has one speed, and people like to say that. A lot of players who like to say, oh, I have one. He's the only guy that I've ever met, seen, played with, whatever, uh, in my 25 years of being around here that definitely only had one speed. Well, thanks again, Pete. Looking forward to a nice, uh, fun season with you here at Skull Stories. And that'll do it for another episode of Skull Stories. Skull Stories is presented by CenturyLink, trusted technology partner of the Minnesota Vikings.